Good morning again, everyone. It's my pleasure this morning to introduce to you our, our guest preacher, Craig Young. Uh, Craig and his wife, Arabella, and their four children are here with us this morning, and we're so happy to have you guys. Welcome. And uh, Craig has been ministering for uh, a number of years uh, now in BC, and the last two of which have been here in Victoria. And if you want to really see what Craig's been up to, you have to go to goinghomeshow.com and check out what ministry he has been doing there. It's fantastic. Uh, he's been meeting with people all throughout the island, or all throughout Victoria, I should say, um, who are involved with ministry um, here in, in Victoria with church and parachurch organizations. And uh, it's, it's really cool. The latest one, I think, just came out a couple days ago uh, with Pastor Andy Moore at Adore Victoria. So um, anyways, Craig, thank you so much for coming this morning. Come on up and bless you as you share God's word. All right. Thank you. Praise God. I was looking over at... Uh this and I was like, is there enough room? <laughs> you know, I think, uh, Kirk, I think you need uh, a big round of applause for the work that you did with pulling that down. <laughs> huh? Courageous. The way you just, you saw that. You little, but he was under control. Love it. And Peggy, what a wonderful job in that reading. Just uh, thank you so much. So good. Okay. So I'm, I'm Craig Young. Um, my wife over there, Arabella, and uh, just wonderful mother, and uh, have our four kids here. And we're just so thankful to be here to worship with you. We've been here once before and just felt really just the presence of God and just the warmth of the congregation in this body. So thank you so much for the privilege it is, and the honor it is to be able to bring you God's word. Um, let us take time. Let's just pray right now. Thank you, Lord, for the honor it is to serve you. And we pray right now that you would just open up our hearts to your word. All the distractions of the day, we would be able to lay them aside and to just seek your presence, to seek your spirit, to seek you, Lord. Any doubts, any frustrations, we just lay all those burdens to you, God. And we ask, Lord, that you open us up to hear your word. I pray, Lord, that you would set aside myself, that I would just die before you, Lord, and that your words would just come through. Be with us now, Lord, in your son's mighty name. Amen. So it's great. That's a bit, if I knew you were standing the whole time, I wouldn't have picked such a long chunk of scripture, okay? I would have been sensitive to that. We would have gone a lot more, but I just... I love this, I love this text, I love this story that is revealed. It's exciting. Let's back up a little bit and, and see exactly what was happening. So the book of Kings is, is about, um, it's about kings, it's about division, and uh, it's, it's about uh, the coming together and finally the exile of the, uh, of the Israelites. And so what we're talking about, we hear a lot about Elijah, but really what's taking place is more about God in this. It's more about who God is. It's not as much 
as important as who Elijah is as it is who God is. And what we're looking at is how Elijah, and typically when you hear about Elijah in a Christian context, it's greatness, right? We look through the New Testament and Jesus quote, talks a lot about Elijah. And uh, in this particular story, we see the humanness of who Elijah is. We see the realness of who he is. And ultimately, we see who the character of God. We get a glimpse of God pieces of God that we might not have seen um, before. And so it's, it's less about Elijah being out of, it's about Elijah being out of control, and more importantly, it's about God being in control. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, about how God is in control. Okay. So we're going to start, I'm just going to, go through the scripture, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit and uh, see exactly what's going on. So what has happened is Elijah um, has done some just huge thing. He's, he's risen uh, a child from, from death by laying his hands over him three times. He's gone up to Mount Carmel, and um, a mighty battle has taken place between like 450 of Baal prophets up there and uh, seeing who can light this fire. And the, the true God, just um, after Elijah baptizes it with water, just laps it up and immediately God is revealed. And this just, for Queen Jezebel and for Ahab, just is horrified. She's so upset by this because she's really trying to bring all these other gods into Israel. She's the one that's trying to push them away, and all of a sudden, the God of Israel is just revealing themselves. So this is, hear what Jezebel says, says about the situation. Verse 1, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and he ran for his life to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. So even though God had, had shown this great power and shown uh, as worked through Elijah, he's tremendously afraid of, of Jezebel. Can you imagine, like, she's, she's just saying, you know what, I don't care. Whatever the gods want to do to me, I'm going to get Elijah, I'm going to get, and this just really freaks uh, Elijah out. I was doing an interview uh, just speaking with a friend of mine who's be coming up next in Going Home Show. And um, he's the uh, chief of the First, uh, First Nations village. He's a Christian. And um, right when we sat down and we talked together, one of the first things he said is, I feel like Elijah. Can you imagine? Just... The mountain of spirituality, the mountain of different gods and beliefs. I feel like Elijah up in there. A friend of mine who uh, works in schools. I look at the work that he's doing, trying to live a faithful life and trying to tell people about Jesus. I see him as being Elijah in those moments. How many of us, 
feel that way. It could be family members. It could be um, around coworkers, where you just feel like, man, this is just, it's too tough. How can we keep going with this? How can I keep, keep battling with this, trying to live my faith? And all around me are distractions. No matter how God has impacted us, we question and we wonder who is in control. We can feel what Elijah is feeling in these moments. So it goes on. Verse 4, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and he slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked. Behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate it and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he rose and he ate and he drank and went in the strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. I love how God shows his character by sending an angel to come and give nourishment, knowing exactly what Elijah needs right now. Elijah must be thinking, are we in control? Am I in control? Because it doesn't feel like it, right? God comes and provides nourishment. This, this story, we can think of the story in, in baptism, right? What a, what a blessing, what a celebration. Do you remember when Jesus was baptized? What happened right after he got baptized? Do you remember? The dove, and what happened after that? But right before his ministry. Pardon me? Temptations, right? He gets temptation. What, what happens before he gets tempted? Where does he go? Into the wilderness, right? And what does Satan say to him? Turn the stone, right? Make it bread. Why don't you do that? You're God. It's like, it's not by bread alone. It's by God's word. Jesus says that he is the bread of life. It's interesting after baptism. It's, it's, a very, it's a high point. It's a celebration. You feel like you're ready for this. Okay, I'm prepared. I got baptized. I'm ready for this. Just know it's not by your strength. It's not. It's not by bread alone. It's by the Lord Jesus. We are not in control. God is in control, and he provides for us. He gives us that nourishment that we need. I love how God reveals himself. You know, Elijah goes and he's frustrated. You know, God could be going, man, you saw what I did up there in the mountain. Don't lose faith. I'm with you. What more do you need here? Right? 
But no, he doesn't. He's like, man, I see where you... Elijah's like, I'm at the point of death. How many of us, brothers, sisters, in our walk, are we feeling that at the point of death? I can't keep going with this. This is hard. It's hard to be a mother. It's hard to be a father. It's hard to be in university, to be working in a world that's suppressing us down. Doesn't it feel like we're out of control? Doesn't the world feel like it's out of control? It's not. He provides us nourishment. But we need to be honest. We need to be honest about where we are in our walk. We need to be okay with being able to express to each other about where we are. Right? This is what the body is. We need to be okay about coming to church and being like, man, I don't feel very good. Elijah's not saying, man, I don't believe in God anymore. He's not saying that. He's like saying, I'm frustrated. I'm at the point of death. I can't do anything. That's what he's saying. And so we need to be okay with coming in and being church together and being transparent, being real before each other, right? Henry Nowen, in his book, In the Name of Jesus, I love this. Anyone read that book? Read the book. Here we go. Lay down your life means making your own faith and doubt, hope and despair, joy and sadness, courage and fear available to others as ways of getting in touch with the Lord of life. We are not the healers. We are not the reconcilers. We are not the givers of life. We are the sinful. We are the broken, vulnerable people who need as much care as anyone we care for. The mystery of ministry is that we have been chosen to make our own limited and very conditional love the gateway for the unlimited, unconditional love of God. Amen? It's not about us. We are not in control. We can do church really well. Right? We can do Sunday really well. But it's not about that. It's about a celebration in God who is ultimately in control. All right, let's move on. Verse 9. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said to him, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces, rocks, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in the cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Elijah's out of control. He doesn't know what's happening. He says, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Twice he says that. But we also begin to see a character of God that we we might what they might not have seen before. And for us, maybe we haven't really seen this, right? We taught we 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 celebrate Mother's Day. But one that we can look for in the character of mother is God. It's true. Jeremiah 1 says what? He knew us in his womb. Very motherly. Okay? This is who God is. And you see what's happening when he says, not in the earthquake, not in the wind. See, back then, this, the, this, these gods that people were following were these thundering warrior gods. Like that's how they were. You feared them. Okay? Even the God of Israel was seen as a warrior thundering God. But how does he come? He comes in a whisper. What does he do along the journey? Provides nourishment. That's the God that we serve. That's the complete character of who God is. Where are you in your walk? Are you needing that right now? Brothers and sisters, how do we care for one another? Sometimes we just need to be there. We just need to sit beside and listen and hear. I'm the only one. God knows it's not true. But he listens. And he comes in a whisper. Love that. The final piece of encouragement he gives is that, first of all, Go see Elijah, right? Pass this on. We know what Elijah does with more prophets coming, but he also says in verse 18, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel. That number, you know, may just be that number of perfection, right? 7,000 that haven't been to need about. You're okay. I got you. I know. You feel alone. You feel like you can't go on. And sometimes it feels like that, right? When we step out of Sundays or when we step out of our small groups, sometimes it feels like that. It feels like the world's just going sideways. It's out of control. Prayers leaving schools, you know? Even people in their Christian walk are beginning to sway a bit and take on other things. But what we need to do is we need to focus in. And we need to understand who is in control. And we need to continue to worship and bring ourselves to who Jesus is. 
We are not alone. God is in control. I thought this was me. I was going to share this. It's hard, isn't it, brothers and sisters, to be church sometimes. It really is. We, we want to pretend like we have it all together. It's okay. You don't need to have it all together. God has it all together. And we think of, you know, if church was like this, if, if the world was like this, then that would just be perfect. But uh, Alan Hirsch in uh, his book, The Forgotten, the Forgotten Ways, love this, he writes, um, how many Christians do you think there were before Constantine came on the scene? Say, 8310. You guys heard these numbers before? So there's 8100, right? And there's about 25,000 Christians. So what happens in 200 years before Constantine at 803010? You know how many Christians are estimated to be? Up to 20 million Christians. So in that 200 period of time, that's what happened. Now, let's understand what the church looked like, okay? This is what the church looked like. They were an illegal religion throughout this period. Illegal religion, right? You could be... uh, They they were uh, tolerated, but the very worst, severely persecuted, okay? They didn't have any church buildings as we know, right? They didn't even have scriptures like we have them today. They didn't have institutions or professional form of leadership normally associated with it. It was us, right? That's, it was people, just being real people, caring for one another. They didn't have seeker-sensitive services. They didn't have youth groups, worship bands, seminaries, commentaries. They didn't have any of that. They had each other, okay? And they had the Holy Spirit. Working and moving. It was actually hard to join church. So we look in that period of time and that's what we look like. Well, let's, let's take another example. Alan Hurst takes another example. Let's look at China. Isn't that interesting what's happening over in China and in the, in the church there? So here we go. Um, about the time when Mose Tung took power and initiated the systemic purge of religion from society... The church in China, which was well established and largely modeled on Western forms due to colonization, was estimated to number about 2 million. As part of this systemic persecution, Moab banished all foreign missionaries and ministers and nationalized all church property, killed all the senior leaders, either killed or imprisoned all second and third level Leaders banned all public meetings of Christians with threat of death or torture and then proceeded to um, perpetuate one of the cruelest persecutions of Christians on the historical record. So the aim was just annihilate Christianity, make it very hard to be Christians. Okay? At the end of the reign... Moana's system in the late 70s and the sub, 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 sub I need some water sub, lifted of the so-called bamboo curtain in the early 80s foreign missionaries and church officials were allowed back into the country albeit under strict supervision 
They expected to find the church decimated and the disciples as weak, battered people. On the contrary, they discovered that Christianity had flourished beyond all imagination. The estimate then was about 60 million. We are not alone. God is in control. And he is working in this world. And it isn't what we do. It isn't how, how we do things, right? It's how God does things. It's, it's about us. Oh, see? That's right. All right. I'm almost done, so it's okay. <laughs> but yes, he is in control, and it's, it's about the cross. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about laying down our lives and allowing him to work in us and through us. That's what it's all about. It's about being real and understanding that we are vulnerable, that we can go through really tough, difficult things. And that doesn't make us less of a Christian. It really doesn't. But it, it matters how we handle it. We don't run away from God. We run to God. And we take time not to look for something gigantic and miraculous, and even though God works that ways, but also to take time to be able to sit, to be able to listen to the whisper. Amen? All right, worship team. Thank you, Lord, so much. You are good. You are so good to us. And thank you, God, that we don't have to carry this alone. That our dependence is on you, and it's all been done through your grace. Help us to walk. Help us to fight that good fight. Help us to live our lives discipling others, sitting with others, caring for the flock, Lord. Help us be church. In Jesus' name, amen.